Welcome to Tag Talks Happy Hour with Ajit Kara. One part small talk, all parts real talk. This is the part of the day when Ajit gets to know the people behind the job titles at Tag. Hello, my name is Ajit Kara and I'm the CEO of Tag Americas. I believe that every company's biggest asset are its people. And I'm very fortunate to work at Tag where I think we have amazing people. So I decided to do a podcast to really understand what makes them tick and who are the people behind the curtain, so to speak. This podcast series is produced by Kaylee Stansfield. Hi, Kaylee. How are you? Hi, Edward. I'm doing well. How are you today? I'm very well. I'm still shocked that you have a, such a problem with tomatoes that I enjoy growing, by the way. <laughs> I don't know what it is, my aversion to tomatoes. I think stems back to my days at school when it was, you know, over 100 degrees or 40 degrees Celsius and uh, the tomato cheese sandwiches went a little bit rancid. So I'm putting it down to that. It's just when I see you eating a salad and you put all the tomatoes outside, I don't understand. People have a thing about fruit and salad and I tell you, (laughs) tomatoes are fruit. (laughs) Yes, I still don't quite believe that, but there you go. I'm sure it's biologically correct. I have a wonderful guest today. Her name, and I'm going to give this a really good go, and she's going to tell me off for getting it wrong, but it, her name is Samadnia Komiyi. And was I anywhere close to that, Samadnia? No? No. Please correct me. It's Samadnia Kulkani. Samadnia Kulkani. Yeah. Beautiful name. I'll call you Sam. Welcome to the podcast. Cheers. Thank you for making the effort, because you come all the way from Canada as you work for our Canada. So thank you very much for being part of us. You don't mind me calling you Sam, do you? Oh, no. I should continue to give a go at it. And you are a fellow Indian, so I should know, but my family know that I'm pathetic when it comes to names, but it's actually a beautiful name. Thank you. So whilst you are from Canada, I've obviously given the game away. You're actually from India originally. So talk to me a bit more about that. So where where were you brought up in India and how long ago did you come to Canada? I was born in Mumbai. I was raised in Mumbai as well and practically been there all my life, moved to Toronto four years ago. So I moved in the August of 2018. Wow. So not long ago. Yeah. It's just been four years, but feels like forever now. You would not know that from the quality of your English, I have to say. Oh my God. Yeah, no, (laughs) it comes to me naturally because all of my education has been in English. It's, and I've been asked this question before. Little did a lot of people know that it's not only the regional languages that we learn in, but we also learn like all of the education, all of the subjects we do. It's all English. And what made you move four years ago to Canada? So that's an interesting story because I always wanted to move. I was fascinated by moving back when I was in the ninth grade. So when I moved to the 10th grade, I thought I'm going to move then. Like I'll finish my school, I'll move. And my mom was like, I think you're too young to move right now. I was like, okay, I'll wait a little more. So I finished high school. So I finished my 12th grade and I was like, maybe I'll move now. Didn't happen then. Finished my bachelor's, thought I would move then. And so this just kept getting moved to like a few years later till back in 2017. I was like, I was working back in Mumbai. And I was like, if I don't do it right now, I don't think it's going to happen. You do realize it's your parents' cunning thing to keep you from going. (laughs) You basically picked up your bags and left. And did you have family in Canada or did you make the trip on your own? Or that's quite a brave, you know, jump. Yeah, it was me by myself. I think I knew one friend in Canada So when I landed, I crashed with her for a few days till I found my own place. And yeah, there was 
all by myself. It's amazing. And so, you know, most people have an aspiration to be something when they're growing up. Your aspiration was to leave India. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's not put it that way. <laughs> it wasn't that, but I did want to explore yeah. the other side of the world and see how that is and do that on my own. And how have you found Canada versus India? I love Canada. And would you say that's your home now? I do call it my home. Yeah, how did you find that cultural transition? Like, you know, what you know, what was different and how did you manage it? I had one friend, but talk to me a bit more about the kind of surprise factor or the difference factor. Honestly, the biggest difference was people. Going from Mumbai, that's so heavily populated, to going to Canada to, I mean, Toronto does have a lot of people, but just seeing that difference, being like the only person... There were days when I'd be on a call with my mom on a video call and walking on the street and she's like, where are all the people at? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, this is how it is. And I remember this was in the middle of COVID and she's like, is this because, you know, people are at home? And I'm like, no, this is how the streets look. And I got used to it by then. But then when I moved first, I used to be like, what is going on? Why am I the only one walking on the street? And did you miss the noise? Sort of. I was always, because coming from, you know, in India and Mumbai specifically, the noise assaults your senses, doesn't it? And, you know, I asked my cousin out there that, you know, they honk, even in stationary traffic, mm -hmm. they honk. And it's nice, I'd like, but in the West, that the honking in cars and vehicles is a way of an emergency or I'm here. I think in India, he said to me, no, it's almost a way of like how people drive, which is to let people know that you're there. That, you know, it's an awareness thing, not an emergency thing. But I was, my senses were assaulted when I'm there and the noise, the, the honking is incredible. And then so much, when you go to Canada, you must feel like you're in a, a silent zone. Oh, yeah. I went from being so used to sleeping with like noise outside. So when I moved to Canada, I'd be like, this is too silent i can't sleep <laughs> and then i recently went back i visited india a few months ago and i was like there's too much noise i can't sleep <laughs> what about the food how did you find the trends i mean canada does have as i know a wonderful indian population and then so there's a you know a lot of the spices and the transition of foods are there but was there a transition in dietary things yes there was there definitely was i i'm someone who never cooked yeah. back home I never entered the kitchen. As much as I love food, I never entered the kitchen. I moved to Canada. And now even though you get, I mean, you go to the grocery store, you can find the spices and all of that, but I couldn't make any of it. And I was a student first, so I couldn't order food on a regular basis. So yeah, that adjustment was insane. There were days when I did not know what to eat. I would call my mom and cry and be like, I need your food right now. There you go. There was nothing like mom's food, is there? There isn't and then so we'll come back to your career in Canada since then but jumping back to growing up in Mumbai what was that like and what did you like about Mumbai I mean you know obviously it's the heart of the yeah Bollywood uh, film center and it's yeah like were you involved in that were you taken by that do you still enjoy Hindi films and I'll come on to my own perspective on that in a moment yeah I've grown up with Bollywood it's I think the first Bollywood movie I saw in like a theater was when I was, I think, three or four when I barely understood anything. But that was so fascinating as a kid. And yeah, that's definitely had an influence on in me. That's how I moved to sort of working in that industry. Uh, back in India, I used to work in an ad production house. So I still worked with a bunch of celebrities oh, wow. and did like these TV commercials. And I feel like that's where my creative side comes from. That's, that's where the bug that became tag started, was it? Yes. 
And did you, and celebrities, anyone that we know? I mean, we probably don't know many Bollywood stars, but there are a few. So I did work with, I did an ad with Varun Dhawan. I don't know if you know who that is. There's Shraddha Kapoor. I did. Oh, I know the Kapoor's. Is it part of the legacy of the, the Kapoor's? There's like two different families of Kapoor's <laughs> and she's from one of them. <laughs> Let's just go with that. <laughs> well, I always was, I had a mixed view about, you know, Hindi films in that when I was growing up, my observation was that they all broadly followed the same template, which is to satisfy the vast Indian population was that there was a bit of humor. There was a bit of those songs. Then there was a family separation. Then there was an emergency. Then there was action. And then there was some long lost, you know, cousin, brother, sister that they come together at coincidence and there's love and then there's fun and then there's a song, you know, and they all followed that basic template. But it's changed a lot now. So what's really fascinating coming to New York for me is a lot of these films are actually based like they've done parts of it in New York or all of it is in New York. So this is actually the first time in New York and coming here, a lot of these Bollywood movies have been like a reference point where like in my head I've gone to spots and I'm like, oh my God, this was shot here. (laughs) I mean, that happens with the other English movies and the Hollywood films, but with Bollywood as well, it's such a reference. You are in an iconic city where, you know, it's very film friendly and whatever whether you're in the UK, the Americas or India or any other country, most films somehow have a point in New York. So what does it feel like being in Manhattan for the first time and exploring these points? Is it lived up to your expectations? Is it lived them down? Or what's your perspective? Oh, no, it's completely lived up to my expectations. I've been fascinated with New York for a really long time. And when I finally made it, I was like, this was worth it. Getting to the US took me quite a while. I applied for a visa, which... Took two and a half years to come because of COVID. That's another story in itself. But yeah, so it was quite a way to actually make it here. And when I did, I was like, this is worth it. Like, I'm so glad that I finally was able to visit. So your interest in film and producing, is that a passion of yours? And I get to live some of the outward tag and what you do. But tell me about your passion around film and producing and directing, because I can sense that that's coming across quite strongly. (laughs) Oh my God, I didn't realize that... (laughs) Yeah, I absolutely, like I said, had a really big Bollywood influence. So growing up, I was always fascinated by how these movies were made or what went in. So as I grew up, I started learning more about it. And as I did, I was like, this is what fascinates me. This is what I want to do, which is how I worked in the production house. Even with Tag, I love the parts where I get to do the creative side of things be it just something as simple as creative concepting. I love those parts. Yeah. Well, look, it's, a, it's an important part of our business and having folks like you that drive that is just amazing. And when you were growing up, what sort of skill sets and interests did you have apart from the film stuff? Did you have other passions and areas of excitement? I did. It's not related to work at all. This is actually, I am a trained dancer. Oh, wow. Well, it's the one thing that I can't demonstrate on the podcast, but we'll have to work out how... <laughs> Tell me more about that. Exactly. (laughs) No, so I started dancing when I was, I think, five years old, five or six. I trained in a classical Indian form for about nine years. After that, I moved more to the Western sides of dance. So I did hip hop, contemporary, street jazz, ballet for eight months. Goodness. So I learned a whole array of dances. That, that's that's amazing. I mean, obviously, the classical Indian dancing is, is an astonishing skill set, you know, and 
what drew you to that? Because it's a very hard thing. I mean, the position of how you do that. I mean, how did you, like, was that a lot of practicing when you were a kid? And it was it quite, you know, almost like, I guess, like ballerina, where it's very Zen type, is it? It was a lot of practice. When I first went for these classes, my mom took me to these. My mom, I think, really, for me, and I have a younger brother, for both of us, she took us to different kinds of classes to let us see what we like. She took me to the dance class. The first two times I went, I was like, oh, I don't want to go. I want to be out and play with my friends. I said that and she was like, no, go a few more times. See how you feel. And I don't know what happened. I went for an entire month and I fell in love. And then I just kept going back. And I think I used to go dance, I want to say maybe three times a week. And after that, there was no stopping. When I was growing up, my thing was swimming. My daddy used to you know, take me swimming three times a week, so I was doing swimming. Nowhere near as much. probably why I can't dance, but I can swim. But you can't swim, can you? <laughs> Tell me about that, then. That's a great segue, by the way, yeah. You know that. Oh, my God. I love the water. Yeah. But I think this was in fourth grade. We went for, like, one of those school picnics. And I was really brave back then with the water. So I went down one of those water slides. And I have no idea where the rest of my friends were or where the group was. I go down that water slide and I don't come back up for about 30 seconds. Even though it was just 30 seconds, I drowned in that much time. And since then, I've had this crazy fear. So after that, my mom sent me for like swimming classes as well. I went for two and I ran back. I was like, this is not <laughs> happening. And yeah, that fear... It's still sort of there. I'm sure, yeah. It's traumatizing. Oh. There are certain things that always live with you, and even though I used to swim a lot, and this is a very silly story, but back to swimming three times a week, and it was in the 70s, and my sister, I think I've mentioned before on the podcast, my older sister used to take it upon herself to scare the jahibas out of me, and she took me to see Jaws. And um, you got to remember in those days, that scared me a lot. And every time I'd swim, I know it's silly, I'm swimming in a swimming pool, but the music of the Jaws would always be in the back of my head as I'm swimming. Oh, my God. That, was, that went on for years. That went on for years. I'm sure I needed some therapy for that. Ask anything. I've asked lots and lots of questions. You've been wonderful to talk to. But this is your opportunity now to ask me anything. I might have two. Oh, two-parter. <laughs> Unrelated, but still. Okay, we'll go with the first one. Yep. I've heard from the previous podcasts, and even right now, you do like to travel, mm -hmm. right? So if you can pick your bags and go to the airport right now, where would you go and why? That's a good question, because I do like to travel, and I do like to travel to different places for different reasons. And so many places that I go to, you know, to see the history whether it be, you know, buildings and historical places or architectural history. I love going to and exploring that. So it's a question if I'm going to go and explore culture, that's one thing. If I'm going to go and relax. And if you're asking me to pack my bags up this moment and go to the airport, it would have to be, I want to go and relax. And so I think I'd go to Aruba. It actually is called the, the term is it's the happiest place on earth and i thoroughly enjoyed it and it was a very happy place and you know they ironically have the third as they said the third cleanest drinking water in the world it's a very small island but they have a desalination plant so you could go to a tap on the beach in the middle of nowhere and you'll have fresh drinking water from there and i just loved everything about aruba that'll be probably my place to go to as of today okay that's fascinating and now the second one yes can you say my name <laughs> 
Can I say? It's a trick question. That's the best question anyone's ever asked. I'll try. Samidia Kulivari. <laughs> Come on, Sam. <laughs> Tell us again. And stop laughing. Um, it's Samadnia Kulkarni. Samadnia Kulkarni. We should end this right now. Samadhya, this has been a fabulous conversation and I think you are an example of what makes TAG great in that, you know, you've left your family only four years ago, you packed your bags and went to a strange country, you found a home in TAG, you've added too much value in what we do, you continue to want to explore different parts of the world and what we can do. So the inquisitiveness, the kind of open to challenge and your general humour and good work nature. Yeah, thank you for being part of TAG and wonderful to speak to you. Thank you. Thank you. Join us soon for another episode of TAG Talks Happy Hour with Ajit Kara and learn more about the people behind the job titles at TAG.